Again, good morning on this last Sunday, the last day of 2023. If you're glad you made it this far, can you put your hands together right now? Amen. Amen. Listen, again, I want to welcome everybody that's here, all those who are in the sanctuary, those who are worshiping online. Again, we have literally three overflows going right now, and we thank God for what he's doing because I believe that God is doing something special, but he's doing it in you. Amen? Amen. Before I jump into the message, I want to give thanks to a special group of people. And that's the staff here at Victory Midtown, as well as every volunteer that has served in any capacity this year. All together, can we put our hands together for our staff here, for all the volunteers, whether you're a greeter, whether you're in the children's room, whether you're an usher, no matter what, we thank God for you. And we could not do what we're doing and what God has blessed us to do without you. Now, I want to jump into this message. I'm going to tell you uh, the Lord has been burdening me with this message. As a matter of fact, it's going to be a little bit different today. This is not going to be kind of your cooked over uh, sermon that you're just going to be able to put in your pocket. This is life instruction that the Lord wants to give to us. And so as we're receiving today and as we're leaning in today, I want you to do more than just take notes from what you're hearing kind of in the natural, what you're hearing based on what I say. But there are going to be some things that I say today that the Lord is going to translate my words and take them to your heart and your spirit to give you instructions for life. Amen? Amen. And so as we jump into the message today, I know that as we reflect on 2023, in my estimation, this has been a year of miracles. It's been a year of miracles in the regard that there's been marriages healed. There have literally been people who received certain diagnoses at the beginning of the year that thought it was terminal, that are still living, and they're thriving, and they are healed now. There are people who have received financial breakthrough. There are people who thought that they would never step into a church, and now they're leading a small group. And so what we've seen this year is we've seen hundreds of people, even right here at Victory Midtown, who have given their lives to Christ and have made a public declaration to Jesus, even by being baptized, just like what happened today. And for that, I think we ought to give God praise on that. With so many things happening Some of us, as I say this is a year of miracles, you're kind of like, brother pastor, you don't know my life. I'm still going through some stuff. I went through some stuff. The the relationship I was in ended. For some of y'all, that still was a miracle. (laughs) For some of us in this room, we're still dealing and navigating through the history of our healing right now, meaning that we still are navigating through a sickness that has been told to us, but we're believing God that we will make it through. And so what I want to say, though, is that no matter where you find yourself, whether you know that miracle is overt or covert or it's kind of under the crust, I need to let us know that each and every single one of us have been privy to a miracle. And that miracle is summed up in three short words. You're still here. See, see, I know some people are clapping and somebody said yes, and I'm not trying to get you to be hyped, but I need you to know that sometimes we downplay the miracle of making it home at night. Some of us have downplayed the miracle that when we kind of rolled through that yellow light that a car just kept going and we didn't get hit and taken out. Some of us don't realize that there were some people that started this year with us, maybe sitting right next to you, that did not find themselves in life right now. We ought to thank God that there's a miracle sitting right next to you. Do me a favor. Look at somebody next to you before I even get far in the message and look at them in the face and say, you are a miracle. Come on, turn to your second choice and say, you are a miracle. Overflow, tell them you are a miracle. 
And so as we look at this again, there are some keys that we need to understand that we didn't make it this far just to make it this far. If you are still in the earth, watch this, that means God still has a plan for you. And so for anybody who came in here today feeling a little discouraged, feeling like you're going to just limp over into 2024, I have news today that I'm on assignment to make sure that you don't just limp over into 2024, that you walk in stepping hard, that you walk in understanding that I'm walking in power, strength, and authority. Can I get a witness in this house that's ready to walk in it? And so I want to just give us what I really call one simple key that the Lord has been really just putting on my heart for the last, like, three weeks. I was working out one day, and he spoke clearly to me what I was supposed to speak today. And so today, again, I'm going to be giving what I call some prophetic instruction. As a matter of fact, it's real prophetic, practical instruction, where there'll be some points, some things. And so as I'm speaking, again, take notes. Grab what I'm saying. Follow along in the YouVersion Bible notes because I believe it's going to equip us to thrive in 2024. Now, I like to start every time that we transition out of a season, I like to set the tone. Because I want to be very clear that I'm not this pie-in-the-sky preacher that says, oh, you know, when the clock uh, counts down to zero and it turns 12.01, now poof, everything's going to be okay. I don't believe that, but what I do believe is that time serves a purpose. I believe that time serves a purpose in the way of when you actually have a reset, when you have a new year, it gives you an opportunity to reconfigure. It gives you an opportunity to recalibrate. And so at the end of every year, it lends to a mixture of emotions. Would you agree? For some of us, we're filled with a whole lot of anticipation. We're like, I can't wait to get into the new year. But others of us, that anticipation is actually lending to anxiety because you're like, is this going to be another year just like last year? I've celebrated New Year's over and over again. I've gone to watch night services. I've done all these things. And still, when I wake up on that first of the year, I'm still depressed. I'm still down. I still have the same bills. For some of us, I still have that person laying next to me. <laughs> I ain't going to meddle. If you marry, you should still be laying next to them. If you're not, there's an opportunity to kick them out. <laughs> but we have an opportunity to recalibrate. And so with every year, you get an opportunity to do these two things. Hear this. Write this down. You get an opportunity to reflect and project. You get an opportunity to reflect on things and actually take an inventory, and you get an opportunity to project some things that you want to walk in in this next season. And so I want to navigate through this for a moment. Write this down and sing your notes. When you take time to reflect, it's not that you're dwelling on things, but you're evaluating things. You need to ask yourself these three questions. And I want to encourage you to take time, especially if, if you're off tomorrow or if you get some time later today, do this before you just roll into the new year. Ask yourself these three questions of reflection. Number one, what did I learn? What did I learn from this year? Number two, what did I do well? And number three, what held me back? What did I learn? What did I do well? And what held me back? Because when you do this, you're able to take inventory of who you want to be, who you want to be spiritually, who you want to be emotionally, who you want to be physically, who you want to be relationally in this upcoming year. And so we have to also ask ourselves the question, what was in this past season that's no longer going to serve me in the next season? 
And so that's reflecting. When you project, though, you ask yourself these questions. What do I need to change? What is God's vision for this year? And watch this one. Am I willing to pay the price to obtain the vision for this year? A practice that my wife and I have taken on over the last several years, and our founding pastors, the Rouses, kind of gave us this hint. And they told us that when you go into a new year, take time to ask God to give you one word. One word that you can kind of hang your hat on to kind of guide you into the next year. And this year, my one word is the word finish. Finish. That came from a time where my wife and I were talking. We were in the car one day, and I want to just say this. This is a commercial brought to you by Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God. It's very important to marry the right person. It's very important to have the right relationships and the right friends around you. Because when you marry the right person, watch this, they will tell you the truth about yourself past what other people can see publicly. The right person will challenge you in areas and hold you accountable to make sure that you actually do what you said you were going to do. And so we were having this conversation while we were driving one day. Uh, men in the house, have you ever started a conversation in the car and they ask you a question and it's just better for you to be quiet? <laughs> Don't answer yes or no. Just kind of pray to God that they'll think about something else or get a text or something. And so we started talking, and she just started telling me, she was like, Mo, like, you know, there's some things that we started this year, and, you know, yeah, we're doing a lot of good things, and God is moving, but there's some stuff that we started that are, that's critical that we need to finish. And I just like, yep, amen, okay. <laughs> but I knew she was telling the truth. And so as I navigated through the end of this year, the Lord just brought that back to me and said, this year, when you start something, this season, when you begin something, you have to be committed to finishing. And so I want to share that with us, that this year, if that's your word or not, I believe that God, as he started some things in you, he wants to complete it. But watch this, it's going to take responsibility from you. And so as we're talking about this today, I want you to hear that we've been talking all year, uh, the last 10 months, about the Sermon on the Mount. And in the Sermon on the Mount, it's been saying through Jesus' words that if you hear my words and do these, you'll be what? You'll be stormproof. You'll be founded on the rock. But how many of you know it's not just enough to build something? You have to do something with what you've built. It's not just enough to gain information. You have to have activation to make sure that you're walking it out. And so we need to ask ourselves this question. Since I've been prepared, what am I supposed to do with this preparation? And I want you to write this statement down. This is not in your notes, but this is just something the Lord spoke to me. He said this, and I want you to hear, he says, when God builds something, he does not build for fashion, he builds for function. When God builds something, even you, when he builds you up, he's not building you just so you can check the church box off. He's not building you just so you can say you're a Christian. He's not building you just so you can kind of go through the motion. He's building you for function. He has plans to prosper you, to give you a great hope in the future. And he's saying, if you will take what I built you in, now you can operate in activation. Let me say it like this for any athlete in here that has played any sport in your entire life. It is time out for practice All-Americans. What do I mean by that? There are individuals who go to practice who are very good in practice. You can catch all the balls. You can hit all the home runs. You can do all the things right. Some of my guys in here know what I'm talking about. But on game day, when those lights come on, you freeze up. And what we've been doing so much in the body of Christ at large is we've been equipped, 
We've been given a word. Some of y'all got books of sermons in your notes. Have not looked back at them one time. And God is saying, don't just collect data. Allow me to work the word through you. And the only way you will actually be able to prove me at my word is if you step into it. If you try me at my word. And so as we're walking through this again, I have a simple thing that I want to share with us that's a one-liner, but I want to go to the scriptures to kind of set the tone and hear from the Apostle Paul as he tells us what it looks like to be those who thrive in 2024. Turn to your Bibles, version Bible apps, or look on the screen to Philippians chapter 3, verse 7. Paul says this, he says, but whatever were gains to me, I now consider a loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them garbage that I may gain Christ. What he's doing right here is he's putting things into perspective. He's putting life into perspective. He's saying, I've had a lot of wins. I've had a lot of success, but they're like garbage in comparison to me knowing Christ. Some of us in the room right now can say, I've operated in a lot of success, but until I came to Jesus, I didn't really understand what significance was. And so Paul, he goes on to say, and to be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith. He goes on in verse 10 and says, I want to know Christ. Does anybody in here really want to know Christ? He says, I want to know Christ, yes to know the power of his resurrection and the participation in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, and so somehow attaining to the resurrection from the dead. Not that I have already obtained all this or have already arrived at my goal. Here are some key words. Look at those next three words. He says, but I press on. Say this with me. Say, I press on. on. He says, I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead. He repeats himself. He says, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Again, in layman's terms or in synopsis, Paul says right here, I'm not dwelling on the past. I'm not sitting there sulking about what happened in 2023. I'm pressing on. This one thing I do, I forget what's behind me, and I'm pressing on. And this is the line that I want to give you. It's in your notes if you're taking notes, but this is the word of the Lord for us for this next year. Hear this. It's time to move forward with God. It's simple, but it's profound. Let me say it again. In this year, it's going to be necessary for you to have in your mind that it is necessary to know this. It's time to move forward with God. Repeat this after me. Say, it's time time for me me to move forward, forward. but this time time with God. God. Have you ever moved forward outside of of God and regretted immediately? He's saying that you don't have to repeat those old cycles if you understand that it's time to move forward with me. And so again, two times Paul repeats this. And I want us to ask ourselves this question. This is in your notes. Here it is. These are things you'll be able to reflect on when you get home. What's going on in my life right now that can be holding me back from becoming who God wants me to become? Let me slow that down for a moment. Because I didn't come today to preach a a nice little message to get us happy and running around. I wanted to preach something that's going to equip us to thrive in 2024. 
The question again is, what's going on in my life right now that can hold me back from becoming all that God wants me to become? So there's good news. This, there, there's good things that God is telling us, and the good news is, is that God has great plans for you this year. I'm going to talk to this side of the room because y'all just kind of looking at me. <laughs> the good news is that God has great plans in store for you this year. Yeah, y'all kind of getting it. Let me, let me talk to the overflow for a minute. We might be able to hear them from over there. God has great plans in store for you this year. And hear this. Prophetically, as I was saying that, and I got a testimony even at the first service, I, some of y'all are thinking about 2024. While I'm prophesying that and saying that, yes, you have great things in store for you in 2024, there's still some hours left in 2023. And if you can grab that word right now and not just look at me like I'm just preaching a little message and you can understand this is the word of the Lord, I believe if you count down, some of y'all are going to check your phone later after church and be able to see that the deal you've been working on for a long time, you thought it was over, that you needed to close before 2023. They're going to say, it's time. Some of you are going to look back on your email later today and that thing you've been praying about, that, that partnership you've been working on, now it's going to come to pass. Do I have some faith in the room? Do I have some faith in the room? Let me tell you, I'm not just talking about something you might do. There was a guy that told me outside after the 9 o'clock service, he said, thank you. That was not just encouraging, an encouraging message, that was a prophetic word. He said, I've been working on a deal for months that has been running me crazy. And five minutes after you said that, I got a message and said, it's going to close. Can we put our hands up in the air right now and say, God, be it unto me according to my faith. So there's some great things in store for you. But the sobering statement is this. You're going to have to press to get it. Because a lot of us, we want to just hear somebody tell us, you know, poof, and it's going to happen. You know, rub your Bible six times and turn around and pour some oil on you, and now it's going to happen. No, baby, that's not going to happen. <laughs> but what Paul is saying right here, he's giving us clues. When he says it twice, anytime somebody says something twice, especially in the Bible, you need to pay attention. He says twice, I press. Which what he means there is he's saying, because I'm saying I have to press, which means I have some resistance. So there's going to be, let me just say this soberly, there is going to be some resistance in you getting what God has for you this year. And the reason why he said it twice is it's kind of like when people used to just say, you know, uh, I did this over here, like for real. And that wasn't enough for people. We added, for real, for real. <laughs> Paul is saying, I press, I press because there's going to be some resistance. What am I saying? I love this encouraging but sober scripture from Paul in 1 Corinthians 16, 9. He says, for a great and effective door has opened to me. See, right there we all shout because we're like, oh, we're going to walk through the door. All the windows, all the doors open. But he says, comma, and there are many adversaries. And so the fine print of the scriptures tell us that resistance this year will come on your way to trying to walk in everything God has for you. When we talk about an adversary, you know this in the English language, an adversary is one who tries to hold you back. Adversity is something or a force that tries to hold you back. But I need to make this very clear that for some of us, for many of us, the adversary is not Satan. It's not the devil. It's not this little red figure with a pitchfork kind of standing saying, you can't go there. 
For many of us, the adversary is not someone plotting. We're always talking about they plotting on me. Nobody's thinking about you. It's not that somebody's plotting on you. It's not the enemy that you think it is. A lot of times the adversary, the enemy is the inner me. What am I saying? A lot of times we get in our own way. A lot of times we talk ourselves out of God's blessing. A lot of times we rationalize ourselves outside of the will of God. He's already told us what the scriptures say. And we say, did you really say that, God? And so this year is going to be critical for us to deal with the inner me. Repeat this after me. Say this now. Say, now is the time where I have to deal with the inner me. As we think about this, I sense this in the spirit very strongly. If you can't tell, I have a passion about where we're going. I have a passion as I look into your eyes. I have a passion to see God's best for your life. And I believe that God truly wants to blow many of our minds if we can go with him this year. I believe that some of us have seen what we thought was success, and it pales in comparison to what he actually wants to do with us. I got some faith on this side of the room. I'm glad y'all getting it over here. And it's not about you clapping your hands. It's about you receiving it in your spirit. Because if we can receive this, we will understand that the devil doesn't want you to move forward with God. He wants you to believe the lie that you're not enough. He wants you to believe the lie that you tried it once and you don't have to try it again. But watch this. This is what the Lord told me. The biggest trick of the devil, the biggest trick of the enemy is to get you to stop. While you're on your way, and many of you can bear witness with this, you've been walking with God. You've been trying to come to church more often. There's always something that's trying to resist you from getting in the presence of God. There's something that tried to resist you from getting to church this morning. And what we need to know is that the devil knows if he can get you to stop, he'll get you to wallow in your circumstance. If he can get you to stop, he'll get you to doubt God. And I hear some theologians in the room that are saying, well, brother pastor, doesn't the word say in Psalm 4610, be still and know that I am God? Yes, it does. But I also want you to know there's a big difference in being still and stopping. When the Bible talks about being still in the original language, it's really talking about surrendering. The real word to that is saying, I relinquish control. So when the word says, be still and know that I'm God, he's saying, relinquish the control you thought you had over the situation and give me the will. He's saying, relinquish what you thought about what I said about you and believe what I have told you. And so as we're looking at this, again, we have to surrender our path to God. I'm going to get y'all to talk back to me today because I just need you to get this in your spirit. Say, this year, in 2024, I'm surrendering my path to God. So there's some very clear instruction that the Lord gave me, and I, I want to read this to make sure that you get it, how the Lord gave it to me. This is in your notes, but hear this. These are a few principles that the Lord gave me to guide us through this year so that we can have good success. The first one is this. This is not the time to let your current confines force you into conformity. What do I mean by that? Don't settle in limitations, especially when God already told you what was to come. This is not the time to acquiesce. What that means is this is not the time to concede or to comply in something that you know is not the will of God for your life. Here it is. If you have not yet seen the fullness of what he said, that means he's not done with you yet. 
And so this is not the time to settle. Number two, it will be more important than ever for you to know what God said versus what they said. Who is they? They is the news. They, it's your other friends. They, it's even the inner me on the inside of you trying to talk yourself out of doing what God told you to do. And so this is a season right now that is going to be more important than ever to read your word like never before. Because you can't talk yourself out of something you talked yourself into. Too many times, I think Einstein says, the challenge is that we try to solve a problem on the same level in which it was created. And so we have to bring the word of God into bear to understand that we have to believe what he said. And number three, your decisions this year must be filtered through God's path for your life. You've heard me say it many times that purpose produces precision. We have to be able to say, ask ourselves the question, God, as I'm making decisions, as I'm getting ready to go into this venture, as I'm getting ready to even go into this relationship, yes, I know he or she's a little cute, but should I really go this place with them? Is this attachment, is this uh, connection going to yield what's beneficial in my life? Is it according to your purpose that you have for me, or is this just a good idea that I had? And so we have to ask ourselves this question. And so there are three main things that I want to share with us that I think is going to allow us to just, just fly this year. Y'all ready for them? Yeah. Are y'all really ready for them? Yeah. Overflow, are y'all ready for them? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I know y'all heard y'all. Come on. Let's walk through it. Here, here's the tools. So how do we move forward with God? The first thing that we have to do is we have to move forward with God with faith. With faith. That might seem very, very simple. But here's what I want to say very clearly. This year, you're going to have to keep moving with God, even though you don't quite see how it's going to work out. Watch this, while trusting that he's already worked it out. The late Dr. Martin Luther King said it like this. He says, faith is taking the first step, even when you don't see the whole staircase. For many of us, we've been self-checked. Because we're trying to figure everything out. We want all the things to be in order before we take a leap of faith. Can I give you a secret? If all the things are figured out, it's not a leap of faith. <laughs> it's a little trot into safe land. But we have to do it with faith. One of my favorite scriptures in the Bible is Isaiah 43:18. It says this, remember not the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold. Can you just stop for a second? I saw somebody shoot their hand up when I said, behold. Can you do this? When I say, behold, just say, mm. I'm going to try it again. Behold. Mm. Y'all in good class. Overflow. Behold. Listen. He says, behold. I need you to do that because there's going to be some resistance in this year that when you have to recount what the word says, you have to know that God is bringing something new, that he's stretching you out from your comfort zone. That he's not wanting you just to be your introverted self in the spirit. He's saying, I need you to be bold and understand that when you behold me, there's something coming. He says, behold, I am doing a new thing now. Say now. Now, now it springs forth. But here's the caveat. Do you not perceive it? He's asking us the question. Here's the part that I need us to get. He says, I will make a way. Can I pause for the calls real quick? I, I know y'all like, man, just get through the scripture. I can't stop. I have to take my time right now because some of us read the Bible as a historic document. But right now, the Lord is speaking revelation right now. If you don't just run past the words, he's saying, I will make a way. 
Yeah, I know it's talked about the wilderness later, but he's saying right there that this is not a passive argument. He's giving you an affirmative statement that I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. You ought to get happy about that right now because some of your lives look like a desert right now. Some of your lives, all 2023, has looked like a wilderness. Let me flip the script. For some of us, we had a great year. And you're like, okay, all those people clapping because they need God to intervene on their behalf. But let me tell you something. The biggest enemy of God's next move in your life is what his last move was in your life. Because if you're not careful, you'll tabernacle around what he did. And you'll have a stale testimony from when grandmama took you to church. And God is saying, if you will behold, I want to give you a new testimony. I want to make it so that every day you live throughout this next year, that all you can say is, wow. That every time you turn around, it's wow. That every time you meet a new person, you say, wow. That every time you check your bank account, it's wow. That every time you go home and, and your wife has cooked that meal, Wow. He said he will make a way. But hear this again. I'm going to give you the sober truth. God will make a way, but you have to take a step. There is no teleporting past adversity. There are some things that, that Isaiah is saying right here. He's speaking to the children of Israel saying to come out of something, you have to go through something in order to get to the place that God has for you. Let me say it again. You have to be a person who knows that I'm going to have to come out of something. I'm going to have to go through something to take hold of what God truly has for me. And I know that doesn't sound like good news for some of us, but when we talk about resistance, I learned this when it came to working out. When you get resistance against you, when you start to train your spirit, train your body, train your psyche, there is something that that resistance is not as resistant anymore. You start to actually go deeper and deeper and grow stronger and stronger. The thing that used to be heavy, now it's not as heavy anymore because you're saying, I went through my training process to go through. And so I believe by the word of the Lord that this past year has been training ground for a lot of us. That he's been building some resistance in you. Can I just say this? This is something that the Lord just downloaded to me. Stop calling God the devil. What do I mean by that? Some of us, God has put some resistance in our lives this past year because he knows if he didn't put certain resistance areas in your life, you would go out and just have a free-for-all, and you would think it was so easy, and you wouldn't need him anymore. He's saying, I want to make sure you know that the things you went through, it wasn't to kill you. It was to build you. It wasn't to take you down. It was to pull you up. And so we have to know that he said he will make a way. Say it. Say he will make a way. And so, again, that place that we're getting through is the valley, watch this, of past failures. What we're going through, what we're navigating through, what we're crossing over into tonight even, uh, figuratively, we're saying, God, I'm going to make it through this test. I love what A.W. Tozer says. He says this. He says, true faith rests upon the character of God and acts no further proof than the moral perfections of the one who cannot lie. What that simply says is that you have to believe that God is who he said he is. And because God is not a man, he cannot lie. So if he said it, you can take it to the bank. If he said it, you can build your life on it. If he said it, you can actually count on it. Amen? Amen. And so we need to move with faith. Here's the, number, the second one. In order to move with God, we have to move with focus. Somebody say focus. focus. 
Can you do this in the room, online, in the overflow? Put your hands like this. This represents the blinders that are put on horses when they have to run. Because in a race, there are times that this horse is running, and if they're distracted, they are so powerful, they're so strong, but if they're distracted and they kind of veer off and look off, they will tear everybody up and everybody will fall. God is saying prophetically to you right now that you need to put the blinders of focus on this year. Hear my word, harden not your heart, understanding that when you follow me, you will be able to go full speed, and I've trained you for such a time as this, and you already have won. You just have to go through the history of your victory. And so this focus is going to be needed, and he tells us in this focus, we're going to have to keep going with God. Some of you might be saying, you said that already, but I'm going to say it again, because a lot of times... I think it's Mike Tyson that said, he said, everybody has a plan until they get hit in the face. <laughs> We're all happy on a Sunday morning, but let that thing happen on Wednesday at 3.33 p.m. You're going to need to remember, remember that God has already won, but you're going to have to stay focused. Joshua 1 says this in verse 1. He says, after the death of Moses, the, the tone that's set right here, this is after Joshua has to step up, after his mentor Moses suddenly transitioned. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' aid, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, you and all these people, get ready. Somebody say, get ready. Get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I am about to give to them, to the Israelites. Let me just pause one more second. I want to give you context. Everything in the Bible is intentional. When he talks about the Jordan, the Jordan represents a boundary. The Jordan represents a barrier to the promised land. The Jordan represents what you have to step into in order to abstain, uh, obtain your freedom. And so when you hear that, he's saying, now cross over into this area where now I have freedom promised for you. He goes on to say, I will give you every place where you set your foot, as I promised Moses. Your territory will extend to the desert of Lebanon and from the great river, the river Euphrates, and all the Hittite country to the Mediterranean Sea in the west. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. I'm sorry, I didn't even pause on that in the first service. I'm just getting happy as I read this. The, the, the Bible is telling us right now our promise. He says to us right here, I didn't even see this the first service. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. So some of us that have had opposition that we thought we couldn't get over, the Bible says, somebody say the Bible says. The Bible says no one will be able to stand against you. He says, as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. God is speaking on his own track record. He says, be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. Be strong and very courageous. Again, he said it twice. That means he means it. Be careful. Watch this. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law always on your lips and meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything. He didn't say some things, right? Everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Amen. One more time. Put those blinders on. Come on. He's saying on your path, as you move forward, don't go to the left or don't go to the right, but stay focused. Because if you can stay focused, 
you don't realize that I'm actually protecting you from you. You don't realize that you don't have the wherewithal to make the right decisions. You don't realize that you've given yourself too much credit. This is not to demean you. This is just to understand that we have limitations, but we serve a limitless God. And he's saying, with those blinders on, if you can move forward, watch this, with me, I will promise you success and prosperity. Amen? And so here's the thing that I need us to know. And this is, a, this is a prophetic warning for us. Can we lean in for a second? Come on, lean in, lean in. In the overflow too. I know I'm not in there, but lean in. Lean in in the chapel. Here it is. We have to be careful this year that we stay focused and we don't get caught up into counterfeit success. Because there will be some things that are presented to you that are not God. You've heard me say it before. Everything that's good is not God. Just because it's a good opportunity does not mean it's the opportunity for you. Because sometimes success is the thing that derails us when we're not focused in God. And so he's saying, I have plans to prosper you, to give you a great hope in the future, but you have to stay focused and do what I said. And that's what's going to yield the success. Amen? Amen? You can lean back. Some of y'all are like, that's intense. <laughs> Here's the thing. He's saying the success is promised to you, but again, it's step activated. You have to step in. When you even look at this story in the Bible, when you look back, Moses, when he was taking the Israelites out of, out of Egypt, he was able to pray and the Red Sea opened up. But Joshua, when he was leading, he had to step into the water for it to part. What God is saying to you today is you have to stop being an observer now. You have to start stepping into some things in faith, being able to say like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, I'm going to step in here because I believe God did it, but if he does not deliver me, he's still able. And so in this season, don't be afraid to step into things that you know without a shadow of a doubt that God told you to do. Now, let me give this caveat. Don't go put God's name on some foolishness. <laughs> don't go making decisions and then asking him to bless it after you've made the decision and said you're going to do it anyway. Because then you've set yourself up for failure. So here's the thing. Here's the third thing that I need to tell us. If we're going to move forward with God, we have to move forward with God with fervor, with fervor. That word is not necessarily a word we use all the time, but the word simply means with passion, with enthusiasm, with zeal. Can I give you another just declaration of instruction this year? Here it is. This is not the year to walk in covert Christianity. What do I mean? This is not the year to just not want anybody to know you're a Christian. Now, what I'm not saying is to stand up in the boardroom and wave your, your prayer handkerchief and stand up on the table and start speaking in tongues. You're going to get fired. <laughs> and don't come to me asking me and telling me I told you to do it because I didn't tell you to do it. I have it on record. This is a video. <laughs> but this is a time to stand strong in the convictions of Christ, that you're not putting up with things that are not aligned with your purpose and the plan of God for your life. That when you show up on the scene, people know without a shadow of a doubt. And without you reciting a scripture, they see you living as the scripture. Can I tell you that there are so many people looking for the light of Christ in you? See, we depend on the platform. We depend on the preacher. We depend on all these things. But God is saying the light shines through you. You're the biggest witness to the world to bring people into the kingdom, not the person on the platform. 
And so as we look at this, we have to make sure we're doing it with zeal. Romans 12, 11 says this, the Passion Translation. It says, be enthusiastic to serve the Lord, keeping your passion towards him boiling hot. Radiate with the glow of the Holy Spirit and let him fill you with excitement as you serve him. Let me say this. It is time for us to be passionate about the things of God. That's why sometimes some of y'all be like, man, you're just doing a lot up there. Did you have five espressos today? And No, I didn't. I feel the passion of the Lord. I feel the thanksgiving of the Lord. When I think about his goodness and all he's done for me, my soul has no choice but to cry out hallelujah. When I look back over my life and I think things over, I have a zeal and a passion that I want you to experience what I'm experiencing. See, some of y'all are like those people that when you get a good sale, you don't want to tell nobody. I want to tell everybody. People ask me about stuff at the door. Where'd you get that jacket? Where'd you get that shirt? I'll tell you. Because I don't want to win by myself. Gone are the days of winning solo. Can you look at somebody next to you and say, I want you to win too. Now, some of y'all turn to somebody on purpose because you didn't want to turn to the other person. Tell that person too. I want you to win also. Here it is. As I kind of wrap this up. Listen, when you're passionate, when you're zealous about something, everybody knows it. What do I mean by that? I can tell what you're passionate about by looking at your IG. I can tell what you're passionate about by looking at your social media profile. I say especially IG because you kind of look at that snapshot of the 15 frames. And I want to give a pro tip right now to all the people in here, especially those who are in a relationship or you're married or what have you. Don't go 15 frames without saying something nice about your significant other. Don't go 15 frames posting all food and you never talk about your, your family. Don't go 15 frames talking about how you're out here grinding and doing it. Of course, if it's just a business page, that's cool. But I'm talking about you post everything else, but you never post your wife. You post everything else, but you never post your husband. Here's the thing. People need to know very clearly what you're about. Some of y'all think I'm meddling, but some of y'all are going to thank me later. I'm telling you, pro tip. Here's the thing. For example, the passion that you walk in dictates how you engage others. Example, the passion in which I love my wife in which I talk about my wife, in which I pray for my wife, in which I engage my wife, it dictates how I engage other people. Some of y'all have even witnessed this. If you're around me, and even if we're at the door, especially if she's standing right there, if you're a woman especially, let me just say this, we ain't going to go but about five seconds without me saying, hey, have you met my wife? Listen, it's not because I'm insecure. It's not because she's insecure. It's because I need to make it very clear where the line is. I need to make it very clear what I'm passionate about because what I'm passionate about dictates how I'll engage others and how they engage me. Commercial brought to you by Jesus Christ. Some of us are, some of us are in trouble because we've not been clear about what we're passionate about. Or we've been clear about being passionate about the wrong thing. And so we have to be a people that allow people to see our light and it shows them how to navigate with us. It shows us what we're about. It shows them how we're going to operate. And so my question to you is interrogative. What would your passions relate to other people who are observing you? Are you passionate about the Lord? 
Are you passionate about his word? David Jeremiah says this, the secret of a Christian's passion is simple. Everything we do in life, we do it as unto the Lord and not to men. This simply means that our passion for God has to dictate how we engage every part of life. Psalm 84.2 says this, I long, yes, I faint with longing to enter the course of the Lord. With my whole being, body, and soul, I will shout joyfully to the living God. What he's simply saying right here is that my life will reflect passion for you, God. That when people see me, they're going to know that I'm passionate for you. And so real quick, some simple ways to actually engage your passion. That means this year, make some commitments that I'm going to try to come to church as many times as I can. That I'm going to start coming to Saturday morning prayer, corporate prayer. That I'm going to get in a small group this year. I'm going to even lead a small group this year. I'm going to engage my neighbors and my coworkers in the gospel. Some of you, this is, again, just a download from the Lord. Some of you, the Lord has been dealing with you for a long time that you need to start a Bible study on your lunch break at work. And you're steady trying to just send them an IG message and say, come to my church. God is saying, I'm taking the church to them. And so when you hear the word of the Lord, harden not your heart, but share the gospel. And so the way I want to end is this. I want to end with giving you a declaration in which I believe is going to carry us through this year. This is something that I've, I've been speaking, and I may even recite this and speak this over to you many times in this upcoming year. But here's the thing. When we commit to moving forward with God, we are making a statement that I don't want to do anything without you, God. That I want to be with you and be one with you. And when we do that, we can have confidence that he keeps us. And so I want to read this promise over you right now as we commit to moving forward with God. Can you stand on your feet all over the room? All over the room, in every overflow room, in the lobby, in the chapel, online, even if you're at home. Put that egg down and stand up. The Bible gives us solid promises that when we do this, when we follow him, we can have a security that he's going to keep us. And so I want to just recite this and declare this over you. And when I get to the end of the line, when I pause, I need you to just say amen. When you say amen, you're saying it is so, and you come in agreement with it. And so the scripture that I'm going to read is Psalm 91. The heading is the security of the one who trusted the Lord. I say this over you now, even as we go into 2024. Whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. Come on, say it with your chest now. I'm going to start that over. I need you to get this. Whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. Surely He will save you from the fowler's snare and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with his feathers, and under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness will be your shield and your rampart. You will not fear the terror of night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that stalks in the darkness, nor the plague that destroys at midday. A thousand might fall at your side, but ten thousand at your right hand, but it will not come near you. You will only observe with your eyes and see the punishment of the wicked. If you say the Lord is my refuge and you make the most high your dwelling, no harm will overtake you. No disaster will come near your tent. For he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. They will lift you up with their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. 
You will tread on the lion and the cobra. You will trample the great lion and the serpent. Because he loves me, yes, he loves you, says the Lord. I will rescue him and I will protect him, for he acknowledges my name. He will call on me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life, I will satisfy him and I will show him my salvation. If you receive that, you need to put your hands together right now. Come on, don't do it for me. Make your hands to war and your fingers to fight. Let the Lord know that you believe every promise that he's given. That you believe that as you dwell in the shadow of the Almighty, you will dwell in that secret place and he will keep you. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Let me pray for you. Just bow your heads. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you right now that as we trust in you, we realize, God, that this time as we move forward into this next calendar year, we will do it with you. Father, I pray right now for every person who has had something in their past season that they think they can't get over. I'm declaring right now, God, that you are doing a new thing, and we shall know it. Father, I say right now, be with us as we journey. Give us strength and give us fortitude to step into the places that we have faith in. Father, I thank you right now that this will be our best year ever. That's not just a cliche. That's not to hype us up. But we say because we're doing it with you this year, even the good things that happened last year will pale in comparison to what you have done and what you will do for us in this next season. In Jesus' name. With our heads bowed, there's some people in this room today, in some of our rooms, in the overflow, that you came here today understanding that you didn't want to end this year without having a relationship with Jesus Christ. That every promise that I talked about today is only made possible if we have relationship with him and he's our Lord and our Savior. And so if you're in here with every head bowed, I want to do this because I want to see you and I want to pray for you. If you're in here and you say, today I'm making a decision that I'm going to draw a line in the sand and I'm going to go into the new year with my relationship with God secure and accept Jesus. Just throw your hand up real quick. Throw your hand up real quick. I see hands all over the room. I know there's hands in every room. Amen. All over the room. Can you repeat this prayer after me? Let's pray with our brothers and sisters. Say, Jesus, I believe you are the Son of God. I believe you died on the cross for my sins. Today, I repent, which means I'm turning away from my old ways. I'm turning towards your way. And this time, I'm going to walk with you and move forward in your presence. Today I can say that I make you the Lord and the Savior of my life from this day on, and I am a child of God. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, and amen. Come on, one more time, put our hands together. Hallelujah, hallelujah. This is how we're gonna close today because we're gonna cross over into this new year understanding that God wants us only to move forward to not stop. There's a classic song that I love that some of y'all are going to recognize, but in this moment, we're going to declare it. We're not just going to sing it. We're going to declare it that we are moving forward with God. Let's worship the Lord.